If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Trust me, that's what I'm using. Let me explain all about it. It's free. Who doesn't like free? There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and computer. No easier way. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the listening devices. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Who doesn't love money? It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, and welcome to the Macabre Family Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie, and today I am here with a very special guest host, my wonderful sister, Nikki. Hi, I'm Nikki, or Gicky, or Nicole. We call her Gicky. <laughs> today, on our second episode, we will be talking about a haunted location. Not only is this place haunted, it has a long, bloody history of murders, accidental deaths, and a possible flu epidemic. So, without further ado, let us begin the story of the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. So, before we begin, I'm going to ask you, have you heard of this? Only because you told me about it. (laughs) Yes, I sent her a YouTube video, which I will be linking in the show notes from Chris Starr. She goes and does a paranormal investigation there. So, we'll start from the beginning. In April 1774, Mitchell Clay received a grant from the governor of Virginia, Lord Dunmore, for 803 acres. By 1775, Mitchell and his wife, Phoebe, and their 12 children moved onto the property. Can you imagine having 12 children? No. I only have two, and that's more than enough. I have one, (laughs) and that's more than enough. (laughs) They started building it into a prosperous farm. About nine years later, in August of 1783, the family had finished harvesting the grain crop. Mitchell's son, Ezekiel M. Bartley, had started building fences around the harvested grain to keep it safe for the livestock because they just let them roam free. I mean, it's 803 acres. Right. While Mitchell was out hunting, his sons, Bartley (laughs) and Ezekiel. I like the name Ezekiel, but Bartley sounds like a dog. Or it sounds like... Barley, like, you know, the wheats? Barley. Barley. Bartley. Barkley. Barkley. (laughs) So a basketball player now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, They were finishing making the fence, and his older daughter, with some of her younger sisters, was down at the river washing the clothes. Ew. Do you think they have washing machines back then? I mean, no, but... (laughs) That can't be good. A group of... I hate the talk is... Wagging his tail on the butt. (laughs) A group of Native Americans, unhappy with the Clay family, snuck up on the boys and shot Bartley dead where he stood. So just... What did they shoot him with? Was it Native Americans, right? Yeah, the Native Americans. They... I mean, it's in the 1700s, so they must have gotten guns from somewhere. Or it could be bow and arrows. I suppose that could be... 
The younger girls heard the shot, so it must have been a gun. Must have been, I guess. And they ran to the house for safety, which was directly in the path of where Barley was killed. So they would be running directly at the Native Americans and their dead brother. Tabitha, the older sister, ran to her brothers to help. And while she did that, she was trying to defend her brother's dead body so they wouldn't take it. She was knifed to death. So guns, knives, bows, arrows... All manner of killing. <laughs> the other brother, Ezekiel, who was around 16 at the time, was captured and taken prisoner. Once Mitchell had gotten back from hunting, he gathered a band of townsmen to pursue the Native Americans. In the pursuit, several Native Americans were killed by the group. The group of Native Americans that were holding Ezekiel prisoner rushed away from there and went all the way to Ohio. There in Ohio is where Ezekiel met his untimely death as he was burned at the stake. So they went from West Virginia... To Ohio. Was it West Virginia or Virginia? West Virginia. To Ohio. That seems like... That seems like a long way. I'm not very good at geography, though. Me either. <laughs> it just, I just know West Virginia is a little bit south. Ohio is north. Ohio is... Yeah, I had to drive through Ohio when I moved from here to Chicago. Yeah. It was just a bunch of non-nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a long way to, to bring somebody prisoner and just to burn him, but I guess it is what it is. I guess so. So, now you may think that this would be the tragedy that started the haunting. You would be half correct. There is more tragedy to befall this plot of land, and this was only the beginning. And even the beginning isn't the actual beginning. <laughs> That's a lot of beginnings. <laughs> we will get to the start at the end. So hold on to your knickers and get ready. So the amusement park beginning of this area started in the 1920s while the coal business in West Virginia was booming. A businessman named Conley Snido. What? Is that Snido? That's what it looks like. I mean, if you follow the English yeah. grammar, it would be a long I. Snido. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> Decided to build an amusement park to entertain the workers and townspeople. The amusement park had a dance hall as well as a speakeasy, a swimming pond with a bathhouse, and they rented wool bathing suits for 15 cents. Can you imagine wearing a wool? wool? Yeah, a wool <laughs> bathing suit. I don't think wool would swim very well. Uh, it might be itchy. It'd be itchy, wouldn't it? Like suck up all the water? I don't know. Is wool well, like a sponge? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, a swing ride, which we will get into. A Ferris wheel and cabins for guests to stay in. During the time that, from the 20s until the 1960s, the park was successful and was a happy place to spend your free time and have fun. Although during the 50 to 60s tragedy struck this land again by another three deaths. Two young boys drowned. One had drowned in a lake that wasn't used for swimming, so why he was there it is unknown. But he was a boy... And it probably said no swimming, so... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Um, the second was uh, a young boy who was dropped off by his mom for a day in front of the park. When his mother came at the end of the day to pick him up, he was nowhere to be found. After searching the park, they searched the pond that was for swimming and found the young man stuck to a pipe at the bottom of the pond. Supposedly his arm got stuck. 
and he drowned. This um, pond was actually very big, and um, for the size, it only had one lifeguard. It had a lifeguard stand in the middle of it. Right. Yeah, and one person <laughs> watching everybody. So it's not, you know, surprising that somebody drowned and nobody noticed all day. All day. It's creepy, though, to be knowing people were swimming. With a dead body at the bottom. Yep. Super creepy. So that would make two. The next tragedy would mean the end of the park as they knew it back then. In 1966, a young girl who, name is unknown, was riding on the swing ride. A delivery truck had just delivered soda to the concession stand right next to it. As the truck was leaving, he backed the truck into the path of the swings. At that moment, the little girl's swing came around and crashed into the back of the truck, killing her instantly. Due to all the deaths in such a short period of time, the park was closed. The park stayed closed from 1966 until around 1980 when a man named Gaylord White bought the property. Gaylord. All I can think about is... um, Uh, Meet the parents. Yes. (laughs) Gaylord Walker. Gaylord. Um, They bought the property. He worked at the park as a kid and wanted to see it return to its glory so people could enjoy it as he did. After the closure in the 60s, all the rides had been sold off to different places around the country. The White family decided that if it was going to reopen, they needed a Ferris wheel and swings to revive the Lake Shawnee of old. They found the Ferris wheel, but the swings was as Chris White, the current owner and the son of Gaylord, says is an interesting story. So I will tell you this interesting story. Did Let's you see it? Did they talk about it in the video? I don't, I don't remember. I don't think so. So <clears throat> they found a swing ride in New Jersey. They loaded it up, brought it back to Lake Shawnee. Once they got it there and loaded it, they ran the serial numbers from the swing they bought and found it was the exact swing that was there in the 1920s. So the same swing that the young girl died on. That's crazy. The whites added more smaller rides, as in paddle boats and bumper boats. They also added a stage for live entertainment. They had this all set up and ready for when they opened for business on July 4th weekend in 1987. Like That was the year I was born. Well, you weren't born yet. Not yet. They made admission a dollar and had live entertainment 24 hours a day until the weekend was over. They saw upwards of 10,000 people that first weekend. But after three years of high insurance rates, Lake Shawnee again saw closure. The family began to think of ways to keep the property active by holding fishing tournaments and other events. In the early 1990s, they started working on the land to build a mud bogging track. So we have those. So is that be like the mud runs type deal thing? Yeah. So they wanted to do like four wheelers, trucks, stuff like that. While they were bulldozing the area, they started finding artifacts. They found arrowheads, pottery, and pots. They immediately stopped what they were doing since they realized this was a Native American site. So, remember at the beginning, I said the start of tragedies (laughs) was well before the Clay family killings. Well, we have finally reached the point, the start of the possible hauntings. Um, Well, the many possible reasons would be... Is it because they dug stuff up? No. They disturbed. You would think that, but I don't think so. I think they were dealing with stuff before that. They just didn't make it known yeah so they made calls and got a team from marshall university to start an archaeological dig site the team spent several years at lake shawnee uncovering artifacts and grave sites 
The team from Marshall stopped digging when they started finding children's grave. Graves. <laughs> they estimate that there is at least 3,000 bodies buried there. From all the research, they believe that the reason for so many bodies, and them being mostly children, there was some kind of flu epidemic, and the most of the tribe left to protect themselves, leaving only the children and elderly. So and they just left them. That's what they think. I mean, they're never going to know. I'm sure. Right. So the university believes that this could be the reason that the Shawnee tribe was basically wiped out in the early 1700s. I saw a um, more about this. And apparently there is some Shawnee tribe left. They live, I think, Ohio or Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Like up that way. But there's there wasn't much. All this tragedy and all this death all lumped into one plot of land is a pretty good recipe for hauntings. So the three deaths of the people that went to the amusement park, the two deaths on the property of the clay children, and then Ezekiel who was burned at the stake in Ohio. And now... All the Native Americans from the flu epidemic. Yeah, 3,000 upwards. That's a lot. So that's why I thought this would be a good story, because that's crazy. (laughs) Um, After they uncovered the Native American burial ground, the white family decided not to do anything with the land and respect what is there. So they stopped. They didn't do the mud bogging. They put up a memorial for the Native Americans, and people now go there and leave artifacts, which you saw. Yeah, the peace offerings. The peace offerings. So if you go there to do paranormal research, they want you need to let the land and the people that are haunting the land that you're only there to research and not take anything or have bad intentions. Um, in the 1990s, Gaylord and his wife, Jewel, along with their son, Gay, began offering campfire stories and tours during Halloween week. A rundown amusement park built on a Native American burial crown is a pretty good place to enjoy Halloween. Yes. But I think it's, like you said, it's probably a good way to, you know, pick things up a little bit by having people go there looking. Right. The stories from people who visited the amusement park had and had experiences started getting around and interest started to grow. So many people began to come to the property during all the seasons for ghost hunting. The current owner, Chris, won't speak on any experience he personally has, but he does say that many strange things happen here all the time. I'm going to tell you about a few first-hand accounts that I've read about. A Discovery Channel investigator was in the ticket booth. The door was shut and would not open for her. The door does not have a lock, and all you have to do is push the door, and it would open. She was pushing the door and yelling for help. No amount of pushing would get her out. It was like someone was pressing against the door. She was so panicked, she actually had to be taken to a hospital. And that's somebody that, that's what her job is, too. From the Florida Discovery yeah, Channel. scary. Like, have you ever felt like you were trapped in some place? Well, apparently, she was trapped. <laughs> well, I mean, you just get panicked. Yeah, so, I mean, she is a paranormal investigator, and she got so freaked out. And they took. They ended up taking the door off. Yeah. They took it right off because that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Gaylord, the current owner's father, had had his own experience with the little girl from the swings. He was on the tractor mowing the field, and he kept feeling a weight on his shoulders, like someone was tapping him. He couldn't figure it out. So one day, when this happened, he turned around, and the little girl was there. She was in a ruffled dress, and she just appeared. He wasn't scared, as the present wasn't menacing at all. The only thing you could think of, well, if you want this tractor so much, it's yours. So the tractor still sits where he left it to this day. So, 
what the video yeah. that I watched is there was she, supposedly there was a gas leak and if it kept on going it would have exploded but how would it explode that's what I thought if so, there's no like lighter or flame that's what I thought and I think that she got the story from somebody else this is the story directly from Chris the owner yeah who told it to a newspaper oh. so this is his account of what his dad told him and I'm sure she had a telephone account where somebody told somebody and somebody told somebody and right. that's how she heard about it right so that video that I'm gonna post isn't so accurate with that um, after Gaylord and his son Gay passed, which I don't know why either of them died, I, it didn't say. Um, Gay passed in 2013. Um, Jewel called upon her other children to help her run the place. Since then, there was a photo taken inside the bus on the property that was once owned by Gay. Um, a group of Boy Scouts went in one by one to take pictures in the driver's seat of the bus. And one of the pictures shows a man standing behind one of the boys. We both looked. We can't find the photo anywhere. Yeah. But uh, Chris will show it to people that come to the property to do investigations or just to visit it. Um, also, security video of the Ferris wheel safety bar unfastening in the middle of the night. Jewel says her husband was very particular about the Ferris wheel, so that's her sign that her late husband and son are still there and happy with what they have been doing to the property since they passed. Other strange and unusual things are the swing where the little girl lost her life will swing all on its own. All the other swings on the ride will be still, but this one will move. Also, in that area, a patch of yellow flowers will grow under that very swing. Yellow flowers that grow nowhere else on the property. I watched a YouTube video, which we are talking about by Chris Starr. It was a two-part video. And I definitely recommend that if anybody that's listening is interested in this case, in this place, to watch the video. Um, they had a lot of experiences at the park, shadow figures that they felt were basically following them around the whole time. They do an EVP session and get a voice saying, hey, which they heard multiple times while they were exploring. And you said it was a 13-minute mark at the first video or the second? The second video. The second video. It's at the 13-minute mark. And she plays it, like, five times. Yeah. And it, you can hear it clear as day. It's like, hey. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> it is creepy as hell. It made me have to turn on the TV so it wasn't dark in my room anymore. <laughs> I was, when I was watching the video, I had it on my computer and my face. was, like, right at it, like, listening. <laughs> I sure look like a crazy person. <laughs> Probably. They also do a spirit, spirit box session at the swings and speak to the little girl, which while I was watching gave me goosebumps. And you can hear her say what she said. Want to play? Yeah, want to play. Hi, Mommy. mom. Yeah. It definitely, like, I replayed it a few times and it, whew, <laughs> I got chills up my back talking about it. Um, like I said, the post uh, link for that video will be in the description of this episode. So everybody can check it out and form their own opinions of it. I myself believe in ghosts. I know Gicky does. Yes. We live with people that don't believe in ghosts. Right. But to each their own. Uh, there have been sightings of the little boys by the front gate. And by all the accounts, every time someone goes to the amusement park, they do have an experience. So every time an paranormal group or... Anybody is walking around, even during the day, they are having experiences. They hear voices or get touched. 
Usually all the hauntings seem like they just want to communicate and make sure everyone there is having good intentions coming there. But there has been reports of a vengeful, vengeful spirit, one that isn't very pleasant. Although I think that is reserved for people that are trying to come in and cause chaos and do bad things. Or, I mean, you never know. Yeah. Because, I mean, not everyone's a good person, so maybe a bad person died there. And well, you think about just... it, I mean, not every, yeah, like you said, not every single person is a good person. and So not every single spirit's going to be nice. Exactly. Maybe or, they're just sick of people going there. Or they're mad about how they died. Ooh, could be. Because, I mean, can you imagine 3,000 people, you're a kid, well, kid, you know, 14, and you get left by your family because you were sick. Right. You'd be pretty pissed off. I think I'd be more sad. I'd be sad, but then after, you know, hundreds of years, you'd be like, all right, I've had it. All these people coming with their families, we're done. All done. Causing, causing problems. I'm going to be a jerk to you. If you do go there, there's... Uh, a site for the Shawnee tribe burial and many people bring offerings which usually they bring offerings that are related to the earth crystals wooden crosses which um, I think is silly because <laughs> if you think about it the Shawnee tribe probably wasn't Christian yeah they you know that's because they're probably more earth you know nature one with the land exactly like Pocahontas yes <laughs> Painting with all the colors in the wind. Yeah. Also, people come and leave toys all over the park for the ghost children, which is creepy. Um, there is also a marker for the Clay family um, who passed away on the property. So Ezekiel, well, not Ezekiel. It's for him, but he didn't pass away there, right. obviously. Right, Barley. Bartley. 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 Sorry, I just think of... And Tabitha. I just think of the wheat. Barley wheat. Yeah, I know. So... This does sound like a pretty cool place to go and investigate. It would be fun. Would you go? Yeah. That would be so much fun. I'd be and creeped out that I'd bring something home, though. I know. That's the only thing. That's why I say you guys aren't allowed to use anything in my house. But if I go to someplace haunted, I'd be afraid something would follow me home. We should do a spooky sisters trip. Because <laughs> I know you like horror movies. Hunter does. Kirsten does. Yeah. I don't like gross movies. I like scary. Oh, see, I like gross, scary movies. But like I Saw. Mean, I love Saw. Ugh. It's one of my favorites. Uh, but I do like the spooky ghost stories. And that's in West Virginia. I don't... It's not far, far. I mean, it's probably far. I mean, see how long it would take to drive there. A my week, guess would be 10 hours. A weekend away from all of our kids. <laughs> oh, I'd miss mine. Would you? Would. You're, are you only saying that because she's going to listen? No. <laughs> I would miss him. I mean, Mikhail would want to come. He'd be like, no, 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 I want to come. But if anybody followed, got followed home by a ghost, it would be him. <laughs> he's that unlucky. <laughs> so West Virginia is 12 and a half hours from us. That's like halfway to Florida because it takes like 24 to 48 hours to go. Or 24 to 28 hours to drive from here to Florida straight through. Right. We made it, me, you, and little Merrick made it to California in, what, four days? Was it three or four days? It was pretty quick. Drive fast. We were humming. <laughs> um, so I hope you all enjoyed this ta the tale this week, and I hope you enjoyed my lovely guest host. Yes. 
Uh, I had a blast researching and watching all the spooky videos. I know you enjoy the video. I did. Uh, I shall see you next week with a new tale and a new guest host. Who could it be? Ooh, who think, could it be? I don't know yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna, I think I'm going to try to get Kirsten on before she leaves. Before she leaves. Or mom. mom. But if it's either of them, it has to be a gross like murdery story. <laughs> I have one set for Kirsten. I don't know about mom yet, though. The one with Kirsten. Oh. I don't no, want you can't say yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it. Thank you, you for listening. Thank you. Yeah, see, you're tuning in. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Macabre Family Podcast, and keep it creepy.